it's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Okay, let's get this cavity filled. Uh, doctor, I think your tank is leaking laughing gas. Gas? <laughs> Did you hear you can save on gas at BJ's Wholesale Club? Wait, you can save on gas at BJ's? <laughs> yeah, members save on everyday low gas prices. <laughs> you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> nope, these savings are no joke. <laughs> BJ's, absurdly simple savings. Shop today. Not a member? Go to BJ's.com slash simple savings. The topics and opinions expressed on the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4WN Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4WN Radio, its employees, or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4WN Radio. Welcome to Success Secrets Exposed with Sally A. Curtis, where we share stories of challenge, success, and inspiration, along with practical tips and strategies to move you forward to your success. And now, here is your host, Sally A. Curtis. Good evening, good morning, and good day to you all. Welcome to another episode of Success Secrets Exposed, where we do bring you conversations with today's thought leaders, change makers, and disruptors, and those that have mastered their inner genius to bring you tools, tips, and strategies to help you grow. For those that are new to the show, I'm a content repurposing whiz for speakers, authors, coaches, and consultants helping them turn their book into two years worth of social media posts. Effectively, helping them turn their existing content into new profits. And today you are going to be in for a roller coaster of fun. We're going to be talking today about how people love to give you money. Do you know somebody that's financially stressed? Or have you been financially stressed? I certainly know I have throughout my life. Uh, would you like to put the fun back into funds? I certainly would. Um, so I'm super excited to be sharing with you today a very beautiful guest, Chelly Campbell, and she treats money disorders known as spending bulimia and income anorexia. Shelley will bring you many insights to improve your money mindset and show you how to send out ships because you can't just wait for your ship to come in if you haven't sent any out. You'll catch that one in a minute. That one's been sitting with me for a little while. Shelley has been a, um, a financial stress reduction coach for over 30 years and has helped thousands of people make more money, have more time off for more fun. So as I said, um, it's going to be a fun show today. So please help me welcome Shelley Campbell to the show. Thank you, Sally. It's so good to be here. Thank Yay. you so 
so much. Yay. We are going to have a great and fun conversation today because it's an area um, that I think, or finance is an area that I think people get too serious about and as a result stagnate themselves. And I think that's certainly been uh, my experience on and off my life through um, creating different uh, levels of wealth and then losing it and then recreating it and all those sorts of things. So I'm really excited to be uh, sharing your insights with uh, our audience today. So thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. I'm just delighted to be here. I love to spread the good word. Yes, money, absolutely. Money can be fun. <laughs> Beautiful. So that's exactly what we want to do today. And I would love to um, to dive in a little bit if we can. And I'll, I'll ask you to open up and share some of your backstory as to what brought you to where you are now and how you've gone about it. So I know there's there's always lots to unpack in a good backstory. So share away. Tell us more. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me just start by saying I'm 73 years old. I've been doing this for a long time, since 1990. Um, so I have a long backstory, too, because I'm old. But here is the thing. I always, when I was a kid, I grew up and I went to high school and college in the 60s. Okay, in those days, there were still men wanted and women wanted ads. So mm -hmm. the women wanted ads were nurse, secretary, you know, stuff like that. And the men's wanted ads were all really great. And I was more <laughs> interested in that. And the news was delivered by men about men. There was no picture for a woman business owner. The closest thing I could see to that was being an actress. Shirley MacLaine looked like she was having a lot of fun hanging out with Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin and all of those guys. And she would work and have fun and be famous and people would adore her and then she'd go play. And I thought, that's for me. So I went to um, UC Santa Barbara with a major in drama and Michael Douglas was one of my classmates. But I got a, I got a real comeuppance the other day when I went to physical therapy with a young man who was 29 and his, his girlfriend was an actress. And I said, oh yes, I had an acting career and I went to school with Michael Douglas and he said, who's that? <laughs> And I went, what? He was a big time movie star. He did the, all of these famous movies. He won the Academy Award and everything. And you don't know who he is? He goes, no. God bless. <laughs> so that you. was a cool, uh, it was a reality. But I came to Hollywood to be a star after college. And uh, that didn't happen. <laughs> But I worked, you know, I got shows. I did dinner theater in Texas. I worked a lot at Disneyland and Walt Disney World in Florida. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, this is what my discovery was. When I did five shows a day, five days a, uh, a week for nine months at a Disneyland, I thought I would die of boredom. And I did a Hello Dolly with Martha Ray and the lead guy doing Cornelia's had been doing eight shows a week of Hello Dolly for three years. And it was like being on a factory assembly line. I was so bored. Mm -hmm. And I just was totally not expecting that. So I went, 
Oh, we better rethink this. Well, I took a secretarial job in between acting jobs because I still needed to pay the rent neat. Yep. So this one, it was a small company. They were all young and having fun doing placements for computer personnel, executive search, that kind of thing. And on day three, the president came over and said, we like you. And I said, I like you too. He said, we want you to go full-time permanent. I said, I can't do that. I'm an actress. I have to to go on auditions in the middle of the day. He says, okay, you can go. And I went, really? He said, sure, we'll pay you for the hours you work. And when you got to go, you got to go. I said, you got a deal. Hmm. Well, five months later, their office manager quit and they promoted me into that job. And I said, but that's finance. I don't know anything about that. And he said, eh, we'll teach you, you'll learn, you're a smart cookie. And I thought, well, when I'm about to take a risk, I consider the downside. If it's not death, I do it. So I jumped into this job and the surprise of my life was I loved it. I had a skill, a talent, uh, a natural affinity for making money. (laughs) Who knew? Who knew? Yeah. So I took that job and I loved it. And then I started turning down auditions and then I turned down acting jobs. And that's when I went, okay, we've made a switch. And I never looked back. I never did another show. I was hired eventually to run a small bookkeeping service and it was just me and another guy. And I thought, boy, if I just do bookkeeping all day, I'll go crazy. But what if I got a whole bunch of new clients in and hired some more people? And then all I would have to do is advertising and sales. And that's more fun. So I did that. I hired three more people that year. And the two guys who owned the business came to me and they said, you act like an owner. We think you should be one. So here's 20% of the business. That's when the light bulb went on. And I went, huh, okay then. Now I built it and I bought additional percentage and then I bought them out. Oh, wow. And, and what I learned, you know, I had 13 employees and I had a lot of clients and I was handling all their money. And you really understand the problems with money when you're looking at people's checkbooks. And I could just see that they were like, I had a lot of business owners as clients and they were missing out on where their profitability was. Mm -hmm. And they were paying too much for this and they weren't keeping track of their expenses. And so I started having meetings with them and three of them in the same week said, you should teach this. Mm -hmm. And I went, hmm. Well, I know I could get up in front of people. So yeah, okay, I'll use that ability and stand up and what do I want to teach? Oh, there's a lot of things I'd like to teach. But there was a recession going on in 1991. And I couldn't afford to spend a lot of time doing something that didn't make money. So I didn't write the course first. I wrote the flyer for the course. Sell it first, people, sell it first. And I mailed out the flyer. And a good return in those days is about 3%. And I got 0%, nobody responded because nobody had heard about me teaching a workshop. 
you know, they might have gotten the flyer and gone, oh, yeah, that looks interesting, but nobody responded. So I got out the phone list and I called people. I said, hey, did you get that flyer? Let me tell you what I'm going to do and you're going to make more money and I'm going to help you with this and this that I know you need. And I signed up 12 people, which was as many chairs as I had in the conference room. And then, so the deadline was three weeks from today, they're, they're showing up for an eight-week course. So then I started teaching it. And it was like, I was 42 years old. And I went, oh, my entire life has been training me to do this. Because by this time, I'd spent enough time with finances and the financial community to see that there was a whole lot of stuff that wasn't being discussed. Yeah. The financial community was totally about the average person who has a day job who needs to save for retirement. And it was like, your goal was to retire at 65 or earlier if you could, and then you could enjoy your life. No, 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 no. I want to enjoy my life every day I get up. Every yeah. day I'm awake. I want to be enjoying my life. So that was the message I put out. If you're looking forward to retirement in 20 or 25 years, you know, big mistake. I read Dame Judy Dench's autobiography called, and furthermore, and she said, she wrote it when she was 79 years old. And she said, people are always asking me if I'm going to retire. No, people retire to do what they love. I love what I'm doing now. Beautiful. <laughs> there's always going to be a park for a little old lady in a wheelchair or somebody's grandma. So that to me is it. Yeah, brilliantly said. I'm just going to do a bit of a recap because I can't help myself. For those that in my local community that know that I'm the, I'm going to call myself a nag. They tell me I'm bossy. I'm going to say, turn around and say I'm a, I'm a leader. Please note um, the business development activities that just occurred, and I'm just going to recap them. Uh, you sold it first by creating a flyer. When the flyer didn't get as much traction as you want, you jumped on the phone and you spoke to people and you shared with them what you were doing. And as a result, you filled your room very, very quickly. Mm -hmm. Let that one sink in. So that's my little Sally nag. And I love that you've got that um, the vivacious enough and uh, essence enough to, you know, um, A, trust yourself, but also back yourself and just give it a, da a damn good whirl. But often I think we forget how simple business growth can be, especially in this day and age now where we've got, got so... I'm going to say almost sort of suck it into that. Let's just put a Facebook post up or a LinkedIn post up and, you know, send out an email marketing campaign because that's all we need to do these days. I can tell you from my own experience and hearing, um, you know, that discussion then, yes, we can do those things, but we can actually not do those things and pick up the phone and talk to a few people and tell them what we're doing. And that's where the magic happens, um, is having those real-life conversations uh, with real people about the real desires um, that they want. Sometimes we have to tip them out of their apple carts a little bit so they remember the desires that they want. Um, and often that, you know, having a joyful life right now and not waiting for it is something that everybody wants. So that's that yeah. is <laughs> Thank you for that. That's so important. And, you know, business is really simple. Advertise, sell, deliver. 
That's true for every business. Advertise it, sell it, deliver it. And so many people, especially women, make this mistake. They think that advertising is selling. Advertising is not selling. Advertising is like bragging on yourself or telling people the features. I'm going to show up at this time and do this thing, and you're welcome to come and join me. But selling is listening. It's listening to somebody talk about what they need. And you know what? I love to do that because I have such a network now. I've been networking for 40 years. So I know a lot of people and I will listen. And if I can't help you, I'm going to say, you know what? I want to show you to something else. I want to direct you to a book, a program, a coach, a financial planner, an accountant. You know, I'm really attuned to what people need. And if it's not me, I'm not going to try and sell them me because they'll be unhappy. I don't want any unhappy campers. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. I, 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 and I think that's um, that's such a beautiful thing. And as a natural network, and we talk, I know we talked about this before, there's always somebody that can help them. And bottom line, if they're not happy, you're not going to be happy, and then the whole world's unhappy. So let's just keep ha- everyone in that happy yeah. essence by listening to them, finding out what they're really, really wanting, and choreographing them across to the next person if that be the case. So on that little note, I know you've got this lovely little phrase where we talk about dolphins, sharks, and tuna. So yeah. I would love you to share with us uh, those three different um, descriptions, um, and then we'll dig into that a little bit as well, if we may. Well, this all started when I worked for a really screamer, yeller boss. You know, <laughs> one of the people that, that throws things and is screaming. This guy once jumped up on my desk and pounded the ceiling and plaster rained down on me as he was yelling at somebody else. So I went, "Uh, okay, let's rethink this. And I read a book called Swim with the Sharks Without Getting Eaten Alive. You know, I said, well, I need that. I better read this. But by the time I finished the book, there were really good tips on dealing with, uh, you know, difficult people. But by the time I finished the book, I thought, yeah, but why swim with sharks if you could swim with dolphins? Because mm. dolphins are friendly fish, you know? They look like they're smiling, they're beautiful, they jump out of the water with their buddies, they swim in schools, they communicate, and they're tough too. They can ward off a shark attack and protect other fish in the sea. Yeah. And so I had that division and I go, I'm not going to swim with sharks anymore. I'm just going to look for dolphins. And then I saw a third group. There were a whole lot of people that weren't awful sharks trying to eat you, but they weren't dolphins being really friendly and nice and good either. They were the tuna. They came in two varieties, tuna, the victim tuna and the angry tuna. So the victim tuna is, oh, I'm so sad. These bad things always happen to me. I'm so upset. And they call you to complain all the time. And you give them helpful suggestions. They never take them. And after you've given them as much as you can and they suck up all your energy, you have to go sleep for two hours. You know, when you've been with a shark, you're hurting. You're like, ow, ow, ow. These are the people that are like, nice sharky there's really a dolphin in there somewhere i'm gonna help him find this inner dolphin and meanwhile they don't notice that the blood in the water is theirs the angry tuna 
are the whiners and complainers. Everything is always somebody else's fault. They just whine and moan and bitch about stuff, but they never take any positive action to change it. They just want to sit and complain and be righteous in their disgust with everybody else. So you have to swim with dolphins, look for dolphins and avoid the shark and avoid the tuna. Tuna is the biggest group. (laughs) And this ties into the old adage that talks about the, the, you know, the top five people that you hang around with. So it's about uh, helping you create the right mindset by hanging around with the right sort of people is this is where it, it, where it's going as it relates to creating your own uh, versions of wealth. Yes, there was actually just an article last week in Inc magazine, all about how positive thinking works. And if you hang out with positive people, they're going to say, Yeah, go for it. Yeah, you can do it. Yeah, I've got your back. And the, you know, the sharks are going to go, yeah, let me get a piece of that action. And they're going to steal you, you know, steal everything from you. And the tuna are going, oh, I can never do that. And what makes you think you could do that? You know, the, the subtle little take a bite out of you. So you have to get dolphins on your team. And I learned it just to get political for a little bit. In the election of 2016, Hillary versus Trump, you know what? I've been a Republican and I'm now a Democrat, but, you know, I can see points, all points. But there were angry, awful people showing up at my discussions, blasting people. And I said, no, 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 you can't blast people. So I took charge of my piece of real estate on Facebook. Instead, only dolphins get to play here. So I'm going to give you a warning. If you persist, you will be banned. And then I call this period of life the great unfriending of 2016. And I will tell you, if you go to my Facebook group, Chelly Campbell, just put put in my name. And all of the people there are just wonderful. And all the comments are fabulous. And I have a good time. So when people complained about social media, I just go, you just need better friends. So people ask me how to get better friends. I go, go to my page, look at all the people who are commenting nice things, go to their page and look at them. And if you like what they have going on, request their friendship and tell them I sent you. And if you're a friend of mine, they will say yes. It's so simple, really. And and isn't it what I love about that little example is isn't it that easy? But don't we overcomplicate it? Yes. Oh, well, I can't say, I can't unfriend this person. He's a relative or I can't unfriend this person. He's been my friend for years. Oh, I've unfriended people who are, that I went to high school with 50 years ago, okay? The captain of the football team, he just kept going on and on about stuff. I said, honey, don't do that here. He goes, I had free speech. And I said, not on my page, you don't. And I, and I had to, you know, ban him. It's yeah. too bad, but I can talk to him outside of Facebook. He just yeah. doesn't get to be on my real estate online. Yeah, beautiful. And I think that's such a beautiful reminder of uh, the different ways in which we can create our own inner sanctuary our, and our own protective bubble of having and guarding our mind, uh, you know, being very guarded or empowering around our own mindset is making sure that we've got the right people that are uh, that are that are surround us and that those uh, people that are starting to you know butt those boundaries 
too regularly and you know push the buttons in the wrong way that we do you know say thanks but no thanks and sort of put up our own boundaries so that's such a great example of of doing that so thanks for sharing that um, <laughs> and you also talk about um uh, sending out the ships to bring in or bring home new treasures so talk us yeah. around the principles around about sending out ships Yes. Well, there's thinking positive, doing positive affirmations and stuff like that. I totally believe in them. People go, oh, I can't say people love to give me money because it's a lie. And I say, it's not a lie. It's telling the truth in advance. Yeah. So you got to get people on the positive mind track. And then you have to take action because there are some people who want to go home. Oh, I'm making lots of money home. Oh, on their couch and expecting money to just fall on them from the sky. And I said, no, how many affirmations do you think you'd have to do in front of a piano before you could play it? So that sort of makes it clear, right? You got to take lessons. You got to learn to read music. You don't start out playing Mozart. You start out playing Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. So the sending out of ships is where you built up your mind, you're doing your affirmations, you're positive, you have your, your program mapped out, and now you have to send out a ship to go get the treasure. And you can't just send out one, you have to send out a bunch of them because stuff happens to ships. See, mm -hmm. I got this idea from an old movie mm -hmm. called Lloyds of London, 1939, starring Tyrone Power and Freddie Bartholomew. And it was about Lloyds of London, the insurance company. And they insured the merchant ships, the tall masted merchant ships. And the merchants would hire the crew and provision it and build a ship and then sending it out one fine spring day from London Harbor to go to foreign ports and trade for gold and jewels and silks and spices. And there wasn't any ship to shore communication in those days. They didn't have cell phones or telegraphs or anything. You just saw the ship disappear over the horizon and then you hoped you waited for your ship to come in so they didn't stop with one because we know there's mutiny on the bounty there's pirates of the caribbean and there's the titanic right so stuff happens to ships they're not all going to come in so your job is to send them out you don't know which one's going to come in now that doesn't mean you don't send out a flare or send out a tugboat or, you know, make another phone call. People say, you know, well, I know that you do things and follow up with people on the phone. I just go, yeah, those are my best ships. They can be big ships, you know, like to book a big speaking event from thousands of people. Or it can be a little ship just calling somebody you met in a networking group. Mm -hmm. But I have learned this the hard way. I went to a networking group and I did what everybody does. You know, I did my little 30 second commercial and then I waited for people to call me. I passed on my business cards, brochures. Nobody called me. So I thought I must be doing this wrong. I'm just, I have all these business cards from people I've met. I'll call them and ask them what their experience is and what they're doing differently. So I call like this attorney and I say, so tell me about you and what are you up to and how long have you been coming to this meeting and can I ask you a question? And he goes, sure, what? I said, you know, we do all of these advertising and brochures and giving away our cards. Does anybody call you? He goes, no, 
Nobody's ever called me except you. <laughs> and I said, oh, I thought maybe I was doing something wrong. He goes, oh, I don't know what the secret is. He goes, tell me about that workshop you've got again. And I told him about it. He says, okay, I'll sign up. Ta-ching. And I went, oh, this is the magic. Call and get to know people. So I called every single person I had a business card for. And every one of them said, no, nobody's called me. Uh, but thank you for calling and tell me about that workshop. And sometimes, you know, they didn't know I'll sign up, of course, but sometimes they say, I know somebody you need to meet, or I know somebody who can book you on a show, or I know somebody who needs you really badly, all of those kinds of things. So that's what I tell people in my class. You got to learn the master the phone call. Now, when I put my business online, this is a miracle. Let me just share this miracle. This is a miracle. In um, November of 2019, I had a gallbladder surgery. And two days later, we had to evacuate the house because there was a fire. And it was like a mile away. So we got the evacuation order, spent a week in a hotel. And I came back home and I said, okay, I'm going to take off during the holidays. I'm just going to think about my life and what I'm doing. And I was teaching my classes by this time as a teleclass because I had written three books. And a lot of people wanted to take my eight-week course, but they couldn't come to LA for eight weeks. So I did this as a teleclass. Mm -hmm. So as I'm lying around, I hear my angels speak to me. Mm -hmm. And I listen for that voice because it always give me, gives me a great idea. Like when I was unhappily married and I was blaming my husband mentally, the angel voice says, you picked him. <laughs> I went, what? I did. I picked him. Nobody chained me to him at birth. What am I doing? And so I changed my life. So the angel spoke during the holidays and said, you need to get your class on Zoom. I went, yes, I had seen, I'd been on a couple of Zoom calls and I had seen the idea. So I got in January, I learned Zoom and got a class up on Zoom. And then in February, I signed up for a class with Molly Mahoney, who is awesome. She teaches how to market with Facebook Live video. So I knew I needed to learn that skill. So I spent time learning that and started doing Facebook live videos. And then we were locked down March 8th and I was ready to go. My business was still online, just online already. You know, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. So it's like, that's another skill that everybody has to learn is to be able to see what's happening. <laughs> Listen to the angel inner voice and, go ahead and pivot switch or adapt yeah have have i suppose that insight in um i would explain that as having the self-assurance insight but also the insight of what your audience is needing and uh, and preempting what might happen next and sometimes it's a guess but if you don't give it a go you actually don't find out so it's and it's having the ability to give it a go in some quick way like you did with your flies and then making a phone call mm -hmm. um, and that, isn't that the best way to test and launch something create a flyer so you know what they need to hear and yeah. then ring them and then tell them what they what you've got on your flyer and about your workshop or about your program or whatever. And then learn from what the feedback is and then tweak or change. Um, yeah. what, 
yeah, it's and again, that's so simple. But again, we overcomplicate it. That's uh, one of the philosophies we've uh, taught in our in my business when I've been working with speakers and coaches is it's not always necessarily about that one signature program when you're first starting out, because that one signature program that you want might not be right for the audience. But by launching lots of mini ones that will build up to something, you find the thing and you grow into and the thing evolves and then you find your spot and that you know that then you then you've got and know your quest that you're on um and sometimes that comes out from that you know testing uh, testing and seeing we we call it failing forward fast you fast. know i have a little bit of a twist take Great. on this yeah because i don't look for what the current audience i think is looking for I'm not going to sell, make something up to sell to them because that's what they want. Mm -hmm. I have something I am passionate about mm -hmm. and I'm going to tell everybody and the people that want that come to me. Yeah. That's why I've taught one class for 32 years. Now, has it changed a lot? Is there different material in it? Yes, but the bones of it, the eight weeks mm -hmm. and what the subject is, is always the same. But I have new stories because new things happen. But I so believe in it. So one of the things that I did recently in the last year is start the Wealthy Spirit Group, mm -hmm. which is, well, instead of an eight-week class, which is $3,500, and it's eight weeks beginning and end, and then I find new people. I don't have, you know, up-level them to this and that. I don't do that. I do one thing. That's it. I fix you, you know how to make money, go prosper, see ya. Yeah. And so, but then I thought there are people that want more ongoing, they want more. And instead of doing a $3,500 workshop, I wanted to do a $470 year long program. It's $47 a month. You can come for just one month or a couple of months or whatever you want. But I do From the Wealthy Spirit, which is a page a day book for every day of the year with a story, an affirmation and a quote. So Monday through Friday, I do 10 minutes in the morning and I just lay it out there. OK, this is what you got to be doing now. And I reinforce the, the think positive and send out ships. And then you got to count your money. you got to know if you're pricing it right. Yeah. Can you sell that many people uh, to make the money you need? So the money is definitely what I'm talking about. So let's let's explain more about further the um, count knowing the I'm going to call it knowing the numbers or counting the numbers. So talk talk us through that because that sounds like another principle that we need to dig into a little bit. It is. You do these three things, you're going to be fine no matter what. Think positive, send out ships, and then count your money. And I, I always remember that movie, Jerry Maguire and Cuba Gooding, who said, show me the money, Jerry. <laughs> and he was single-mindedly devoted to show me the money. So I just say, you've got a budget. you got to have a plan for the money. And it's called a budget. Now, I make it fun. B-U-D-G-E-E stands for baby, you deserve getting everything. Okay? but maybe not all today. So you wanna have a low budget, medium budget and a high budget and move up the scale. And then it's fun. And then the minute I figured out that I needed to have a high budget, 
you know, because that didn't come to me immediately. It's like I'm working with low, you know, what do you do if things are bad? And here's your main budget. And I go, yeah, but what if things get really good? That actually uh, disturbs people a lot because all of a sudden they have this money and they didn't have a plan for it. They don't know what to do next. So and the high budget, you know, what is the life you really want to live? And what do you have to do to create it? Do you have to raise your price or sell more people or go national or go big or, you know, what's the picture of the life you want? Mm. Yeah. Brilliant. Then I teach people to go get it. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm just going to ask you to repeat the meaning of budget. I've just popped it in the chat so Roxy may be able to pop it across the screen because when yeah. I saw that, I absolutely cracked up and I love it and I've never <laughs> seen anything like it. So can you please explain what the uh, what your word budget means when you break it down? It means, baby, you deserve getting everything. Yeah. Yes. Woohoo! People like that. It makes them smile. Instead of money being this hard thing that you can never have enough money in, they used to run in the Los Angeles Times, they used to run an article where a financial planner would examine some of these business and their assets and say how well they were doing. And this one woman had $2 million in stocks and bonds and assets. And he said, well, she's going to have to work a little harder and save more money. And I went, Oh, forget it. If she's not okay, never mind. I'm just going to work forever. But it suits me. I like working forever. I mean, I figured out how to get some assets okay. But there's a lot of assets and people beat themselves up that they don't have a million dollars or they don't have a stock portfolio or whatever normal is supposed to be. But they don't take into consideration that all the friends they have that are backing them up or something that they're uh, some service they're getting for free because they're exchanging you know when you start adding it up it's like it's amazing it's amazing what you can create yeah you, just have to, you can do it yeah and i think that's such a, a fabulous thing to sort of uh, to reshare with people is that the definite and this is where i think a lot of people get tied into wealth means x but yeah. it's really about what does wealth mean to you and what is your number? Because my number might be 100,000 a year. Somebody else's number might be a million a year. Somebody else's might be 10 million a year. We all have different versions of what wealth means. And yes. I remember having this conversation with somebody and I had had a significant change in my life, like I know you have and most of our listeners have, where mm -hmm. I suddenly was able to take stock, just as you said, and went, wow, I've got these people around me these people sorting me i'm actually really healthy now you know i've you know i've got a house that i love to live in i love doing what i'm doing and yeah. you know and that to me was the real definition of wealth was that uh, the effervescence of being joyful regardless of what was acquired accumulated retained um yes. i was uh, joyful and that's um everyone has a different number uh, and a different version of wealth. And I think people need to be able to own that that's okay to have a different number to somebody else. Well, this is what I tell people. I say, you know, you came in with nothing and you're leaving this life with nothing. You've heard that, you can't take it with you, right? So everything, people talk about ownership, it's really usage. What do you have the use of? 
You have the use of national parks. You have the use of the ocean. You don't have to own a boat. You can go rent a boat for a day. I had a client once whose wife wanted him to buy a Porsche uh, convertible so that they could go zipping down the highway next to the ocean. And he said, you know, with the insurance and the cost of a Porsche, it doesn't really pay off because how many days a month are we really going to do that drive down the ocean? How about we just rent a Porsche whenever you feel like doing that drive and we'll do it. And so he did that. Yeah. And how and sensible it, is that? Yeah. You know, it's like I was going to Las Vegas. I played poker. I love playing poker. And um, we're staying at the Venetian, beautiful. And she says, well, you can upgrade your room and have a view of the strip. And I said, great, and how much is that? And she said, $60 a night. I said, well, I, I thought about that once. And I went and looked out the window overlooking the strip. And I figure I look out the window about 30 seconds while I'm in Vegas. <laughs> Because I'm a goal, let's play poker doing stuff. I'm not looking out the window from the room. So I passed on that. So you've got to know what's valuable to you and what isn't. Mm. But if I could just say, I went to a New Year's party and um, I met some people. I, I, there were a lot of people that I knew. It wasn't a big party. It was kind of like 20 people. But there was a guy there who was a professional poker player. And he said, uh, and I said, oh, I love poker. I play often, but I am a recreational player. I am not a pro, but I, I'm a pretty serious <laughs> recreational player. And he says, you know, well, how do you make money and stuff like that? Well, I say I play really loosely and I really stay even and get my money ahead by winning jackpots. It goes jackpots. That's like a million to one, two million to one. You win a jackpot. How many jackpots did you want? I said, um, 29. And he went, what? I said, well, 10 big ends because it's a split when you have a jackpot situation in poker. You have a fabulous hand like four of a kind and somebody has a fabulous hand that beats yours. They have a better four of a kind. And it's so extraordinary. They have all this money in a jackpot that's gone up and up. So the person that got beat gets 50%. The person that beat them gets 25%. And the other players at the table get 25%. So that's the table share. Mm -hmm. So I told them, well, I've won 10 big ends, four small ends, and 15 table shares. He looked at me and he said, do you understand how outside the realm of probability that statistic is? I said, yes, I know. I have a secret. <laughs> and some people just scoff at me when I tell them, but it's in the affirmations. Try this one. I am a winner. I win often and I win big. Okay. And people love to give me money. People love to give me money at the poker table. People love to give me their poker chips. All of the... All of the spirit is working for my good and the jackpot is coming to me now. And the players that I often play with at local card rooms, they can't wait to see me. They like, oh, oh, we can win a jackpot today. Chelly's here. Okay, yeah. I, I like having that. <laughs> yeah, so you become their magic genie because they're not implementing it themselves, but you, it rubs off on them. 
Yeah, I've told people before, you got to think positive and they just kind of go, because there's a lot of negative people <laughs> around, you know. There was one gal who was being really uh, unhappy. She was a nice girl when she was winning, but when she was losing, she started throwing cards and cursing and everything. And she started doing that. And I said, now, now, Vicki, it'll be okay. There'll be another hand in two minutes. <laughs> she, she looked at me and she goes, you must have been loved as a child. And I said, why, yes, I was. And this guy looks at me and he says, so are you one of those people that thinks the glass is half full? I said, I'm happy if I have a glass. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I ran into him after that, he would go, still happy you got a glass? I said, lots of opportunities to put something in this glass. Got to yeah. tell you, I, I live for opportunity always. Yeah, brilliant. Just on that note, what we're going to do, if we can, is we'll just go to a quick, a really quick commercial break. We'll come back and do a very quick wrap up um, and then I'll let everyone know what we're going to do next week. Um, I've got, and that gives me a chance to pull out my uh, recap on the, all of the gold that you've shared with us today. So thank you so, so much. So uh, Roxy, if we can just pop a quick commercial on, that would be fantastic. Are you a speaker, coach, or a consultant wanting to increase your reach and impact? Need to save time and leverage your resources? Content repurposing is the fastest way to increase your visibility, credibility, and profitability online and reach your audience with ease. You already sit on a mountain of gold that is highly valuable to your audience. It's in your books, training manuals, articles, and presentations. We regularly turn clients' books into 12 to 24 months worth of content. Let us turn your existing content into visually stunning bite-sized content tiles. Content repurposing is the easiest way to turn your past into profits. Turn your existing content into bite-sized glitter that you can sprinkle everywhere with ease to attract your ideal audience. Let us amplify your voice, your message, and your impact. Find out more at sallyacurtis.biz. Thank you so much. I've got a page full of scribbled notes. As you know, I always am a prolific note taker and taking notes all the time. So my little tips and takeaways are sell it first. I love that you enjoy life now. And I love the three tips where you said advertise, sell and deliver. And I really, really love the concept of usage. So is there anything else that you would like to share with the audience very quickly as we wrap up? Life is about fun. Life is about love. Life is about doing good to others and having them do good to you back. It's just a wonderful life. And the number one thing to do is be grateful for everything. Really be in gratitude. We have no hot water in the house right now. It decided to go on a break. And so it needs replacing. But we went over to a friend's and took a shower, you know. And that's what friends are for. They'll take you in and, and let you have a shower at their place. <laughs> little things, little things, bless all of them. Mm. And have a good time and just love people and love yourself. It begins here. You have to mm. love yourself. Mm. And if you're not used to it, it'll feel awkward at the beginning, but that's where the magic happens. Absolutely. <laughs> Very well said. So the very last thing with that echo, um, is I just what's happening next week? Um, we have positive negotiation principles that will help you build your business. 
So it's going to be a different version of fun because these are two of my buddy speaker buddies. And when these two guys get in a room, all sorts of chaos, mayhem, fun and education happens. They're two of Australia's leading high stake negotiation experts, and they're going to take you behind the real uh, behind a, a real life version of a police siege and take you through all of the learnings as it relates to techniques to surviving, negotiating and resolving high risk situations so you can have a great life in business and have a great life in general by understanding how you can uh, turn on your um, survival uh, instincts in business and grow more to have more fun as we've experienced today. So thank you so much for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure. People can find you for sure through your uh, website uh, and your Facebook page. And please jump on to uh, chelly.com uh, to access her affirmations uh, checklist, which you'll be able to find on her website there. So lots of lots and lots of incredible insights that have come out. I do want to do one more cheeky thing and I know we share the gold the gold sneakers speaker story but can you share with us your very very special trademark gold sne sneakers that you yes. wear I love gold sneakers I wore them once um because I gave up high heels for Lent one year and I got a pair of gold sneakers I just happened to see in Las Vegas and bought them and everybody complimented me and I thought Oh, well, I'm going to have to get more of these. Then I tried to put my high heels on again. It was so awful. I just said, never mind. I'm going to wear the gold shoes from now on. Amazon has 460 pairs of gold sneakers. I'm never going to run out. I'm so happy. See how wealthy we are. 467 types of gold sneakers. Wealth is all around us. We just need to know the right things to be saying, the right things to be thinking, and the right people to associate, and it is all available to all of us. I love you, Dolphin Sally. Thank you so much. Likewise, um, please take the opportunity to connect with Chelly, um, and I will look forward to seeing you next week on another episode of Success Secrets Exposed. Bye for now. That's it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for joining us, and I trust that you got some inspirational tips to move you forward. You can find this episode along with many more on your favorite streaming platform such as iHeartRadio, Spotify, iTunes, and more. See you next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time for more Success Secrets Exposed with Sally A. Curtis.